0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 84th episode of our SAP Integration and Extension Talk. My name is Hannah Salamon. I'm your host, and I'm a Senior Product Communication Specialist for SAP Business Technology Platform. The topic of this podcast is SAP Application Extension Methodology, and I'm happy to have Michael Köhler as my guest today. He is a technical consultant. Architect and project lead for different SAP BTP implementation projects. But first of all, let me start with the highlights of the last month in our product area. It's time to recap SAP Sapphire 2022 that took place in Orlando in May. My colleague Gaurav also gave you some insights around the biggest news in the last episode. But I would like to pick this up again. After two years of digital events, SAP Sapphire was finally back as an in-person event in Florida, and we announced a variety of new cloud and product innovations designed to enable our customers and partners to become an intelligent, networked, and sustainable enterprise. SAP BTP highlights of this year's Sapphire we especially in the areas of no-code and low-code application development with SAP AppGyver, process automation, SAP data and analytics, our artificial intelligence solution portfolio, as well as our integration strategy with SAP Integration Suite. You can see We have covered a lot of SAP BTP topics and we had so many great sessions. It would be too much to mention everything here, but please discover the official Sapphire news guide to find all announcements and product updates. If you missed the session, no worries. You can rewatch it on the website. As always, you can find all the related links in the show notes. But Orlando was just a kickoff check out the next stations of our SAP Sapphire World Tour and get the in-person experience also in your region. Our upcoming events will take place in Tokyo, Beijing, Sao Paulo and Munich from July till September. You asked for fresh, snackable SAP BTP insights that you can quickly consume and easily share. We are thrilled to introduce SAP BTP InnoBytes to you. This is our new monthly video series, sharing the latest hits and top SAP BTP innovations. The video series is now available on YouTube and also linked here. And we always publish blogs accompanying the monthly videos. We've got great new integration stories to share. Check out the updated SAP Integration Strategy White Paper with lots of new customer stories, recent highlights for end-to-end processes and suite qualities, updated service offerings and much more. Also another great announcement this year, the SAP Innovation Awards 2022, the award honors and celebrates the achievements of forward-thinking companies and individuals that have harnessed the power of the latest SAP products. For example, Hamburg Ministry of Finance, Rehau Polymers, Barclays and Team Liquid are among the happy winners with outstanding SAP BTP cases. Find all the winners of the different categories on our website and get inspired how you can drive innovation with SAP BTP in your company. Do you already know our monthly SAP BTP Garage series? This is your one-stop shop for real-time guidance from experts while you build and play with the SAP Business Technology Platform. Get hands-on with the technology and learn how to apply the solution to solve everyday business challenges. Join us on our next session on July 6th and learn how to safeguard key business processes with resilient applications on SAP BTP. If you're not able to attend, check out the program for the next sessions or have a look into the on-demand recordings. And last but not least, SAP AppGyver is now embedded directly into the SAP Service Cloud solution so all users can build custom user interfaces that extend SAP Service Cloud solution functionalities. Further, you can now more easily consume data from SAP applications and we offer an extended library of components, including the SAP Fiori design language for building rich user interfaces. And as I'm always saying in the end of our What's New section, Please subscribe to our monthly SAP Business Technology Platform newsletter to check out our product news on a regular basis. You will also find the product roadmap with all new items included in this newsletter. And of course, feel free to follow us in the SAP community and on our social media channels. But now, let's start with our interview and welcome my podcast guest, Michael Köhler, today. Hi, Michael, and welcome to our podcast. It's really great to have you back as my guest today with this exciting topic. It's now already the second time that you're part of the SAP Integration and Extension talk. The last interview, I think, was last summer with the topic SAP BTP for the Public Sector, a great COVID-19 aid program. So tune in in case you have missed it out. And uh, Michael, can you please introduce yourself to our listeners, especially for those who don't know you yet from the last episode?
1: Hi, Hannah. Thanks for having me again. And uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here again. And uh, it's actually a while since we talked about this uh, great extension project. And yes, uh, for those who don't know me yet, um, I'm a technical consultant at SAP for more than 14 years now and um, the last years I'm part of BTP, so Business Technology Platform Implementation Projects, um, typically the roles of an architect or project lead.
0: And what is the topic that you bring in with you today?
1: Well, um, the customer challenges that we have uh, uh, today um, are pretty interesting and also lead into the topic uh, that I brought today. So when it comes to standard software, we know that uh, it uh, does not always uh, fit 100% to the requirements of the customers and um, that makes it necessary for the customer to extend the standard software with some custom coding. So there are different approaches like doing a custom coding uh, for an extension or um, uh, also um, the shift to the cloud brings in software as a service solutions uh, to um, yeah close those gaps. And yeah, currently uh, customers are um, kind of uncertain through this transformation to the cloud, how they should actually approach their um, extensions um, in in this area. So should they do it like they used to do it? Or is there something different when they transform to the cloud? And through this customer challenge, the topic that I brought today is the application extension methodology that I helped uh, in defining um, last year with the SAP um, product management and some um, colleagues um, out of SAP Consulting.
0: So what would you say, what is the relevance of extending standard software these days?
1: Yeah, as I said, the uh, software delivers or standard software delivers a certain scope of functionality and um, the customer requirements typically have a scope that differ a bit from it or go beyond the scope of the standard software. And this is when customers need to extend it. So um, on the one hand side, they could buy additional solutions, maybe software as a service solutions to um, cover additional um, scope that is missing from the other standard software. So we are talking about integrating those um, two pieces of standard software. This is one approach, but also a very common um, solution is that customers decide to build custom applications to overcome the missing scope or close this gap of missing scope this makes it necessary to have a good approach um, of doing software development in this area
0: and how do customers typically extend software
1: yeah so when we talk about um, sap customers uh, mainly but Probably this also applies to uh, customers that own um, standard software from other vendors. But uh, typically, um, customers prefer, or at least what they're used to, they prefer to extend the solution itself. So making changes to the software itself. And um, for an up up system, this typically means... um, building own ABAP classes, uh, making custom coding in ABAP, building DynPro or Web Dyn Pro UIs, maybe also um, Fiori UIs within this um, core solution. So we typically call it core solution, the piece of standard software that you are extending ultimately. And why are they doing it this way? Sure, of course, um, having everything on one system helps you to keep the operating cost um, of the overall system. Um, uh, in control. Also, existing skills are being leveraged when you have the system in place and you can also extend the system. You are within one skill set. And yeah, it has always been done this way because the system um, with the standard software is being hosted in the customer's um, data center. They have the system uh, 100% under their control. They can decide when to upgrade it, when to change it. It's within their control. And this is why they're doing it the way they did.
0: So to understand this a bit better at this point, if customers are already successful with this approach, so why should they change something?
1: Yeah, this is the key question. And uh, this is very important that we are discussing that over and over again with our customers, especially with the developers on customer side, because with SAP strategy to move to the cloud, And um, the increasing numbers of software-as-a-service solutions that SAP is offering in standard show this dramatic shift to the cloud. And we are transforming our solutions to the cloud. And within the cloud, we cannot extend software the same way as we used to do it. Because typically, the nature of a cloud software is that many customers are leveraging the same code line of the standard solution on many different tenants. And the cloud provider, in this case SAP, is centrally um, updating and bringing um, upgrades to this code line and to this uh, standard software in the cloud. And that means the level of freedom that a customer has in his own data center altering the complete solution and um, making himself independent from the software lifecycle of the vendor, this is not possible in the cloud anymore and this is why we need to change and need to think of different approaches of extending the software.
0: That means only customers using software as a service solutions need to consider changes in the extension approach?
1: Well, these customers already have to consider it. So they are directly in the situation that they ha- have to consider it. There is no other way. So, for example, for customers that uh, currently uh, start with SAP S4 HANA Public Cloud Edition or having other software as a service solutions like the SAP Success Factors or uh, whatever, uh, they already have to consider it. But for all the other customers, that are currently still within their own data center with the on-premise solutions, they should consider it because maybe it's not always staying this way. Maybe they will eventually come up with a cloud strategy and do this transformation to the cloud. And then they will be instantly in this situation asking what happens to all my custom coding that I have in my on-premise system. And um, every custom coding that you do in your on-premise system is another brick on a wall that you need to overcome to go to the cloud. And this is why also customers that do not yet use our cloud offerings, they still use on-premise, they should still consider implementing extensions that way that they are kind of cloud ready.
0: Okay, that makes sense but how can customers prevent that extensions keep being implemented in the classic approach within the core solution?
1: Yes, and this question often comes from customers as well. They ask us, well, how should we do it? When do we... Use what? So what is the technical tools that you have available to do extensions and when should we use what? And that is exactly where this methodology comes into play, this application extension methodology, as I mentioned, for today's topic. And there are actually two things to consider. First, it helps customers to evaluate use cases and its requirements in order to reveal the technical possibilities how can I approach extensions? And second, it helps to define an extension strategy as well that supports implementation projects with guidelines regarding the preferred technical approach for this extension. So by having an extension strategy, customers also have the possibility to steer their implementation partners um, to do extensions in a sustainable way. And the methodology brings an approach that helps customers to yeah, put the most common criterias of uh, extensions aside for a moment. So because what are the typical three things customers use to decide how to do an extension? It's budget, skills, and timeline. So these are the things that lead to quick decisions. And yeah, that means for the ABAP system, it often means we just keep on Building up, up with Dimpro and WebDimpro and maybe some Fury, but doing it all the classic extension uh, way. And when we follow the methodology and take these three typical quick decision criteria aside for a moment, we have the possibility uh, within the methodology to take all the technical criteria into consideration and outlining the technical possibilities that a customer has to implement the extension. And then in a second step, customers can look at the different technical options and then decide by what are my skills, what is my budget, what my timeline, and what is the most suitable um, approach out of my technical options. And just to share an example, um, when you have an external user group, that you need to address with your extension. This is something that you preferable would not want to build within your core solution because external users in your backend system is maybe not a good thing from security point of view. Maybe additional data that is only relevant for this external user group would be stored in the core solution is also not necessary. So there are uh, good reasons why it makes sense to build such a solution side by side. On the other hand side if you have a standard uh, piece of software in your ABAP system and you make small enhancements like just adding a custom field to an object and to the standard UI this is something that you of course would still want to do within the system doesn't make sense to um, put that to a side-by-side extension in the cloud and these technical possibilities that you have to do such a field extension or to build such a custom application side-by-side, side, the technical possibilities vary um, in, in a wide way. There are many, many tools and services and uh, programming models that we have available to do these kind of extensions. So for example, if we think of side-by-side extensions, on um, SAP Business Technology Platform, then we could, for example, think of using the ABAP RESTful programming model to build uh, such extensions there. Or um, if you have other skill sets, you can also consider Java or Node.js as part of the Cloud Application programming model also on BTP. So There are various options and you evaluate the requirements of your use case to decide what is the most suitable way.
0: Okay, wow, that sounds very interesting. And to dive deeper into this, how can customers make use of this great methodology?
1: Basically, there are two approaches to make use of it. First, when talking to the architects on customer side, it's very important for them to have a governance approach with this methodology. And the methodology helps them to define such a strategy, how to make extensions, they can decide for each of their core solutions, depending on their release and the lifecycle, whatever the strategy for the particular system is. They can decide per system what are the preferred extension approaches, what technologies should be used and They can formulate guidelines and these guidelines they can use to steer the implementation partners. For example, when you make an S4HANA transformation from an ERP to S4HANA, you have a fit gap analysis and have gaps to close. So you basically have the need to extend. And then from a governance approach, you want to make sure that whoever is implementing these custom extensions for closing the gaps that this follows um, a comprehensive extension strategy that also fits to the business goals of the company itself. So if they have a cloud strategy, if they want to have everything cloud ready, then they already have a good way here, a good tool with this methodology to uh, set the guidelines. And second, when it comes more to an operative, approach. So where you're not talking to the enterprise architects and those deciders. So maybe you have a project team that is in urgent need for having a good understanding how they could actually close the gaps that they have to close. And when it comes more to those project teams that actually are in the need of getting things done, then you can use the methodology as well. So we have a decision matrix as part of this methodology where uh, you can Ask certain questions, evaluate requirements, and this would lead to the evaluation of the different technologies and the different options. And this makes sure that you have a result, have some points that you can compare. Is approach one better or two better or whatever?
0: So after we have a better idea of when to make use of it, Tell me now more about the how. How does it work, and what kind of content uh, is integrated?
1: So the um, content that we um, have defined within the methodology is actually defined around the technical capabilities of a SAP portfolio. So all the technologies that we have in our decision metrics are, in the first place, um, SAP specific um, such as UI5, ABAP, uh, services like Fury Launchpad, or um, all these things, all these tools and um, technologies that you can use to build your extensions are being in there. And um, interesting is that these technologies in combination um, make up particular programming models. So if you, for example, take the... RESTful ABAP programming model as one programming model. It is combining sub UI5, Fury elements on the front-end side. It also has ABAP coding for the business logic, and it has OData data for the interfacing to the UI, for example, and it builds up on the core data service for the data model and persistence model. And other programming models like the cloud application programming model you have other technologies that are combined in there. So also for classic um, programming models like WebDoom Pro, UpUP, you have other technologies that combine to that. So this is the logic of the methodology. And yeah, each of these patterns or programming models can also be mapped to particular extension domains. So for the extension domains, actually differ. We have three different extension domains that we can compare. One is in-app Meaning that all the extensions that I build within my core applications are within this domain in app. We have side by side, meaning whenever I can build something separate, side by side to the core solution, and when it is sufficient to consume standard events and also standard APIs that the core solution provides, then we are in a pure side by side scenario. Or even when we replicate data to the side by side stack, then we are purely side-by-side because we do not need to change the core solution. And then there's the third domain, which is probably the most relevant one for our customers, because often we find that the standard solution does not provide the necessary APIs that uh, I would need for a particular use case. And in such a situation, I need to build an API within my core solution first, to be able to build, um, yeah, more comprehensive extensions side by side. So this would all take place in this hybrid domain. And, yeah, what the methodology helps with is that by asking questions and finding out about requirements and also combining these requirements of a particular use case that we find out what are the technologies that address these requirements. And maybe some technologies help to address uh, multiple requirements. So these technologies become more relevant for addressing my need. And by becoming more relevant, it will also be more prominent in the options of my technical extension approaches. And when we come back to this example with this external user group, if we know that my extension needs to address an external user group, and if I know I want to have a Fiori UI, then I have different technical options how to provide this Fiori UI to the end user, such as we could have the Fiori launchpad on an ABAP system. We could also have it in the cloud. And by having an external user group, of course, the Fiori launchpad in the cloud will be more relevant than the on-premise launchpad because I want to typically want to have the external user groups not within my core system. So this is one example how we can also have different points within a methodology when we evaluate it and grant more points and make it more relevant for one or the other technology. Or another example when we build a mobile app and we have the requirement to provide native features like offline capability or something like that, then a mobile service in BTP is very relevant for this use case, whereas a fury based UI will not be so relevant because these offline features are not possible or not so easy to achieve within this technology stack. So this is how the logic of this methodology um, ultimately works, and we build all this into questionnaires to evaluate that and in ultimately in a result to all these questions that the customer would answer in such an evaluation and the different approaches that come in, then the customer can make a decision based on these options, what to actually do, what does, is more suitable for my skills, for my developer skills, and what fits to my budget and my timeline. Because maybe sometimes you have to prepare to being able to follow one or the other technical approach that is being suggested.
0: Okay, now I have a better understanding of this. Um, Michael, can you tell us a bit more about how this methodology is embedded into the overall SAP business technology platform?
1: Yep, so as part of the BTP, we have yeah two major offerings, I would say. We have on the one hand side the extension suite and on the other hand side we have the integration suite and within those suites we have different technologies and services combined that help me to do one or the other thing and while as the integration suite helps me with middleware eventing and other good tools api management name a few these tools are there for doing good integration but i cannot build a full-stack application based on that. For that, we have all the tools and services combined in extension suite, and they kind of work together. Then you can extend your core solution whatever you need to. So extension suite, when you build something yourself, and the integration suite you can use when integrating additional SaaS solutions, for example. And where uh, for the integration suite, we also have a methodology which is the integration solution advisory methodology is also around for some years. And um, very similar to this integration methodology, uh, we now have also this application extension methodology, which is addressing all the possibilities that you have within the BTP extension suite.
0: Great. And can you share some customer success stories or use cases with us to get a deeper understanding? Do you already have something at this point of time to share?
1: Well, we did release the methodology last year for Sapphire. And uh, since then, we see that the interest of customers is picking up. So I'm in in contact with many different customers that want to try it out, uh, that want to uh, learn about it. And in all different um, industries, we see this interest there. And as I said, we always have these customers uh, asking us uh, when to use what. So SAP, you have a great technology stack. You have a lot of services and tools and brokering models. Um, We know... Me as customer, I cannot handle all of that, but tell me when to use what. And this is exactly where um, they see the first customers that had the possibility to evaluate this methodology. They see it makes sense and it uh, kind of helps to bring structure to the discussion and helps to decide when to do what.
0: Wow. So after listening to that, uh, people will probably ask themselves, where can I get this great methodology and its content from?
1: Yeah, I hope that everyone is keen in getting started with it. And we do have an external Jam page where the uh, customers and partners can be invited and there they would find all the necessary content. So We have a PowerPoint template uh, that customers can make use of to adapt the methodology, especially in this governance approach for uh, themselves. And we also have a spreadsheet with these questionnaires and this decision matrix that can be found there. And yeah, this is available for the public free of charge. And yeah, everyone is invited to get familiar with it. And in addition, Hannah, maybe to add to this, we also have a couple of blogs that have been written um, to that on um, the SAP community. So this is also something that we can share as uh, links uh, in the show notes of this podcast.
0: Yeah, I will put it into the show notes. Great. So uh, we have now learned a lot about this methodology. What is your way forward with SAP application extension methodology and the next steps? Can you give us a future outlook? Mm -hmm.
1: So the colleagues in the product management, I know that they are also enhancing uh, the methodology, uh, considering additional details. And I also know that there are some ideas to think of a web-based tool where these questionnaires and decision metrics which we have in the spreadsheet for now, that this maybe at some point uh, could also um, get available as a web-based application. That would be really cool. Um, And um, Another thing that is um, also relevant in this context of the methodology, which is even more important um, right now, is the S4HANA Extensibility Guide. And um, I also know that um, colleagues in product management are working on it. And um, I'm really looking forward um, once that is being released uh, in uh, near future. And um, yeah, the methodology is also very close to this S4HANA Extensibility Guide, though it can also be adapted for non-SAP solutions and non-SAP technologies.
0: Okay, so now we are slowly coming to an end. Um, Thank you, Michael, for, for being my podcast guest today and for sharing all these great, interesting insights with us. I think that's a really important topic. And I will, of course, share all the related links for more information about this in the podcast show notes. So thanks a lot, Michael. Do you have any closing words from your side?
1: (laughs) Yeah, again, it was a pleasure to be here and uh, sharing uh, these details. And um, I would be very happy if uh, more customers and partners um, would get excited about this um, approach, um, doing it in a more structured way to Help our customers to tackle these challenges of cloud transformation. So, I think uh, it could really help.
0: Cool. So, Michael, thanks again. And maybe we will have another podcast in the future. <laughs> we will no, see.
1: Always glad to be here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Michael. Bye. Thank you for listening to our monthly SAP Integration and Extension talk. I hope you enjoyed it and were able to take away a lot of interesting information and key learnings. You like our podcast? Then just subscribe to it on the platform of your choice and you won't miss any new episode in the future. We would be happy if you would leave us a rating on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast or Spotify and share the SAP Integration and Extension talk with your colleagues, customers and partners. If you are interested to learn more about the SAP Integration Suite and SAP Extension Suite, please visit our product homepage and subscribe to our monthly newsletter or follow us on social media. You can find all links in our podcast show notes. This SAP integration and extension talk is powered by OpenSAP, SAP's free learning platform. Check out our extensive and great learning offerings there. Thank you and see you next time.